Dr. Gwen Shietta here, and welcome to another episode of Life on Your Terms. I am so thrilled today. I am going to be interviewing Karen Isailovic. She is the founder of Root Studio, a safe place for creative expression. Karen was always an artist. Her mother and her aunt saw that in her from a very young age. But Karen didn't initially embrace this side of herself. She denied her gifts and held back from putting her creative expression out there for others to see and possibly judge. The artist inside her lay dormant for decades. In this interview, she shares her story of starting a construction company at 19 years of age while raising two daughters. But the artist inside her started to stir again. It called her back and she came full circle to the person she already was. Her authentic self spoke and she listened. Karen helps us understand that art is a way to make your soul grow. She believes people are ready to listen, and artistic expression is a vehicle to help you get there. Her message is to do something that your whole heart is in, and you will be successful. Karen's incredible journey of rediscovering her gifts, embracing them, and sharing them with the world has helped her to find herself again. She is no longer lost. She is living life on her terms. As you listen to this interview, I have three questions for you to think about. What are you doing to make your soul grow? Are you listening to your inner compass or denying your gifts out of fear? And are you in the flow or do you feel lost? Let's get started. Karen, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for inviting me, Gwen. I'm really excited to be here. You know, it's funny. I um, There's so many things that I'm excited to talk with you about. And um, I was on your website uh, again this morning before we started. And there was just, there was a quote that jumped out at me and I just thought this is this is so perfect and I and I I've, I've had so many light bulbs go off in my head as I was looking at some of your content uh, just about the connection between art and creating a life on one terms, right? Which is what right. the, the show is all about. Um, and it was a, a quote that you had on there uh, that said, art is a way to make your soul grow. And I just, that just resonated with me so much. You know, we, this whole show is about uh, your soul or your inner compass, as sometimes I refer to it. But um, I just, I, I just felt like that was such the essence of our conversation this morning. Art is the way to make your, your soul grow. So I, I don't know if you had a, a thought or a response about that, but I just, it just really touched me. That's awesome. That's exactly what I'm going for with Root Studio. And um Art does make your soul grow, and it's the epitome of passion. And so, speaking of um, root, what what is root? So, for the for the audience, for the listeners, um, what is Root Studio? And we're going to get into your your juicy background and and how you uh, you know came to the concept and all of that, Karen. But maybe if you could just start by sharing, what is Root Studio? Root Studio is a shared community space to practice the creative process, and it is a what we like to call a creative ecosystem that meets the needs of a wide variety of interests from artists to music makers, photographers, 
filmmakers, textiles, uh, experimental projects. It's really just about shared community space, human to human. And um, we're here to foster inspiration, whether you're creative or not. We like to um, kind of hone in on the wellness component of the creative practice, which applies to everybody. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if you've um, if this is how you came up with a name for your studio, but I had this epiphany as I was thinking about our interview this morning, and I jotted down something. Um, I, I jotted down art is at the root of creating a life on your terms. Nice. <laughs> That's a great epiphany. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I would share that with you. I just, I just, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so to create a life on your terms, um, you yeah. have to be in touch, right, with your soul. Exactly. And a way to get in touch, right, with your soul is art. And so art is really. Um, at the root of creating a life on your terms. So I don't know. I don't know if that's why how you came up with the what your idea was. But why why do you call it Root Studio? It, you know, it really was just about that essence. Being grounded makes humanity better, and getting reconnected and in touch with their values, and staking ground and finding a secure and safe place to start personal development. So root is symbolic. Um, I mean, there's so many different symbols with trees and the environment and. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I mean, and I love, I love it. It's this, um, what I find so beautiful and so fascinating. And there's so many metaphors for what you're saying that, um, it's interesting that you're talking about root and the the internal, uh, the internal aspect and getting in touch with your values, and that's so much of what I talk about with uh, being being the the way to create a life on your terms. Um, but but the the end result is an outward expression in in art. But you have to get in touch with that that internal component. And so we'll, we'll dive deeper into all of this and the art and everything in a, in a minute, but I'm, I want to rewind the tapes here a little bit, Karen, because I know that, um, there was a period in your life where you weren't, uh, well, I shouldn't say you weren't an artist because I think, I think you, even if you're not in a mode or a phase of your life where you're expressing yourself as an artist, that was still in you. Perhaps it was just laying dormant for a while. Um, but I, you know, I talk about the first L in my seven L framework is listening, right? Listening to our, our inner compass or our soul. Um, and, and when we, and when we are connected to that, it, it draws us, right? Or it drives us or pulls us um, to those things that we're meant to do. And so I'm wondering, where were, were you? If you can rewind those tapes. I even believe that you were a general contractor at one point in your life. Um, can you take us back a little bit to um, that, that time when you, you didn't have root? Um, what, what was that transition phase? I mean, what spoke to you? Kind of, kind of bring us back to where you were before you got reconnected or connected with art. Yeah, so um, myself as an artist was dormant. That's a good way to describe it. And I was, my mom and her two sisters called me 
an artist my entire life, and I never really thought about it too much. Um, after high school, I went to college for a couple of years and wasn't really founding a direction in any one particular way or a calling. Um, I did not discover my, my passion. And then my father had talked to me when I was 19 about starting a general contracting company. He had been an electrical contractor in the Washington, D.C. area for since the early 80s. And it sounded interesting. I've always loved uh, the blue-collar field. I have always had an appreciation for architecture, how things are made. And when he raised the idea... Uh, I wasn't really doing anything else. I was feeling pretty lost. So I went ahead and started that venture, and that was in 1991, and did that for 10 years. And all this time, my, as I said, my mom and her two sisters called me an artist, but I never really saw myself as an artist. And that whole creative side was coming out in my time in business. And as an entrepreneur, you have to be very creative and come up with solutions and see the bigger picture and constantly make calls, you know, by the hour shifting. And um, so I had a lot of passion with that, which um, Prime Corporation was the company that was uh, really felt that creative need that I, I really didn't even know that I had. Right. Running a business is creative. There's definitely, you yeah. have to get creative, right? <laughs> to survive and thrive. And yeah, it wasn't maybe on a canvas, but there's definitely some uh, right. creativity there. And then from there, I uh, decided it was successful. I was really doing well, but I was starting a family at that time. It was I was in my late 20s and I wanted to be a a dedicated mother. So I ended up closing the doors to the general contracting company. And when my youngest daughter was two, I took just as an opportunity to get out of the house a bit, a class on pastel painting. And with Cher Compton, who's a local Howard County artist, she's moved to Costa Rica now. But that was the first time in my life where this is sort of a great snapshot of root and basically at that time it was the first time I experienced what it felt like to be creating not self-judging not expecting a perfect outcome I really just enjoyed that particular class and it opened up a whole new world um, in in passion in me that I didn't even realize was there and so from there I just ended up signing up uh, for classes at uh, MICA Continuing Studies Department and the Corcoran in D.C. and really started honing in on that it was the process that I loved. It was the process of discovery and art is good for you. You know, science is proving now, but yeah, but the actual, um, sorry, let me break back to that epiphany that I had during the pastel class was I was producing something and the outcome did not matter. It was really about the process that I was enjoying and it I felt it, you know, I found found a lot of gratification there through the process. Right, just through through the process of it and the the creative the creative process that in itself was the fulfillment, not I mean the end result is good too, but the process itself right. you were enjoying that 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 part of it. 
And let me, can I, if I can ask you a, a question, this is, you know, fascinating, Karen, what, what did your mom and her sister see in you? You said they called you an artist <laughs> your whole life. Um, do you know why they called you an artist or, or what they saw that maybe you didn't see in yourself at that time? You know, I, that would be a great question. I, I will go back and ask them because it's funny. I've never thought to ask. Um, but in reflection, you know, I remember when I had Barbies age eight, I was making little furniture out of cardboard and drawing, using a pen to draw the uh, stovetop burner on the cardboard. So they, you know, when I look back, I was very inventive in what and how I spent my time. I So I, I didn't, I wasn't one of those kids who was glued to their notebook sketching or anything like that. I really didn't do any art, but um, I was definitely interested in, they must have recognized my curiosity and the time that I spent thinking things through. And like, I remember building this little table for my bed that I had bunk beds with my sister and I was on the lower bunk and we, you know, uh, shared this small bedroom and I asked my dad to help me build this table that slid over the bed, like a hospital table that that I could slide up and down the right. bed rails. So like I could push it to my feet or scoot it up. And um, so I, things like that, you know, I, I don't know any particular or specific examples, but um, they saw my inventiveness coming out from, you know, a very young age. I find it interesting that you that you say that too, and I, I think, you know, for so many of us, I I often talk about this three hundred and sixty. You know, that if we um, becoming the becoming the person that mm-hmm. we already are, or the person that we already were, and when you look back at yourself, and I, I know you have children at you know seven or eight years of age before um, society and before these messages or we get pushed or pulled when we just are um, sort of kind of open mm-hmm. um, and raw and who we are, you know, before all those other things clutter us up um, that so many of us, I think at a later point in, in age, rediscover that. And it's almost like, oh my gosh, we were, we were already who we right. were meant to be. <laughs> We just had we had to go through this whole process to to come back to that place, and it almost sounds like that's what absolutely. Happened for you. Um, and it happened at age thirty when I, you know, I'd had my children. I took this class, and I just started. I was like, oh, I have some ability, you know, I can draw, and I can, you know, I was I following the pastel course. I took an oil painting, and that, you know, stole my heart. I just love the smell. I love the feel. I love the way the paint smushed across the canvas and the brilliant colors and um, being able to render things just expressively. And it it always cracked me up because I just felt like, wow, who knew? You know, I had no idea I had all this inside me. And so I spent the next decade kind of honing some of my technical skills and meeting and learning from a lot of different artists and um, became more active uh, as a creative person and sh- exhibiting at local coffee houses and uh, the Howard Community Arts Center and um, some other group shows. 
it it just called it called to you and i do you remember the the moment that you decided because you you could have said all right i i, I have my kids but i i want to do something take a class do you remember why that class i mean there's so many things that you could have done with a little bit of time you know was was it what was it that said i want to take an art class or a pastel do you re, do you remember what it was that you just sort of uh, we're, we're called to that direction? I can't remember one specific thought or, or pull towards art. I do know that I always appreciated art. And though I hadn't studied, I remember taking the metro downtown in ninth grade. It was like a big deal because I got to go by myself and I just hopped on the train and I would go down to the National Gallery of Art and just spend time. And at that time, the French Impressionists were my favorite. And so I would go look at those paintings in particular. And I'm an introvert, so spending time alone is my favorite. You know, I really cherish my time alone. It gives me time to think and process. And so I had a, a taste of art, um, you know, that small window in high school, which was early on. And my mom's younger sister, Eileen, I call her Aunt Lainey, she, you know, I can't remember anything specific, but I recall her saying to me, kind of encouraging the arts, and and my mother too, and my other aunt, Barbara, who's also has um, creative ability, um, you know, at, up until that time with the pastel course, my mom and her sisters called me an artist, and I always felt like it was something I had to live up to and couldn't. And so it really deterred me from basically being that vulnerable. And it was more of a fear of failure, perfectionism kind of thing. And then when I took that class, it maybe the maturity at age 30 and, you know, I had two children and had done some inner growth. And at that time, I was realizing and accepting a part of me that I wasn't ready to recognize prior to then. Fascinating. That... That is that's so important, Karen. We, you know, I I love that. And that kind of um, gets into to one of the other L's, you know, and and we'll we'll talk about that. But I love it. Part of it is a readiness. Um, sometimes we push these things down, you know, be, and you just you nailed it for fear, and maybe you weren't even completely aware of it, or maybe you you were, but. Um, you know the the perfectionism, and sometimes it is it is all about timing. Um, but it's it's I'm so glad that you reconnected with that because sometimes we go through life and we never do, you know, or we we discount it or we think, oh, that I could never make money at that. It couldn't be a career or that was something I did as a child, and we we just right. let it go. And and sometimes people leave those things dormant forever. And as you were talking, I just had this, um, I don't want to say panic, that's too strong of a word, but um, just so happy for you that you reconnected with that, that you didn't just dismiss that, that you, that again, going back to that first L, that you somehow listened, that it called to you and you took a chance. And it just sounds like, almost like you had no option to follow it. Just a couple minutes ago, when you started talking about what you love and the feeling of the paint and the color, like I, you just, you just lit up as you, as you kind of described that. So to, to bring it back a little bit more current to that time, um, 
it sounds like it just sort of, you just went, whoa, like you didn't even realize how powerful art could play a role in your life until you reconnected with it. And it just sort of took off. It sounds Absolutely. like. And I've always had a strong, innate and very grounded feeling and following your heart. And so your, your first L, the listen part is, and I've raised my girls this way. It's follow your heart, you know, and anyone I've, I've talked to since I've started Root, it's always my first question. What makes you passionate? What are you crazy about? I, I feel so strongly and compelled and I don't really have a choice otherwise than to fight for this belief that I have, which is you have to find your center and what really lights you up, as you said, you know, it's, it's, that's the essence. And when you're following that passion is when you'll be the most successful. When people bring that up in conversation as far as career goes, um, you know, I feel like financially it'll work out. Like that's just part of my faith is, you know, if you're following what you're passionate about, you'll be successful no matter what you do. And granted, you might not have the ability to have a, a luxury lifestyle, but but you'll be absolutely satisfied because you'll be doing something that your whole heart is in. Right. Is this the first time? And I and I I I love this. Even <laughs> if we just stayed in this moment and never t- and didn't talk about anything else on this interview, it's. I think until you get that, like you, and that is truly the essence of this show. I mean, you know, is life on your terms powered Mm -hmm. by your inner compass? And I think we're, you know, we're using little, there's different words to describe that inner compass, whether you're talking about your soul or your passion or your faith or your, you know, whatever that is that you describe, um, that, that inner compass. But when you're connected to that and listening, and I, I think what's so fascinating about art and what you're saying it's almost twofold. So for you, I mean, your art is your, is your passion. Um, and, and you've listened to that, but it, and it, but it can also be a way to connect to your right. soul, right? Like we started the interview art is a way to make your soul grow. And I've interviewed, I, I, I just, I want people listening to this, to, to hear this so strongly that there's ways to strengthen that first L. Like how do you become connected to that inner voice or that inner compass? Um, whether it's through a physical activity like yoga or walking. I interviewed a woman who, you know, takes women on walks and it's a way for them to connect to themselves or through yoga and that mindfulness or through art. I think that we all need a vehicle to help us um, strengthen that connection to ourselves. I think there's a number of ways to do it, but I, I, that's one of the questions I would throw out to people listening is, is how do you feed your soul? How do you, and how do you strengthen that connection? How do you, you know, right? How do you, yeah, and how I do you listen? The way our society is today, the DC metropolitan area, the pace that we live, the amount of um, opportunities, information, choices, you know, we're very fortunate, but at the same time, the the repercussion is it can leave us and it has left us exhausted and stressed and um, burnt out. And so as far as your first point on listening, the I, I, I really don't think, and this is part of the reason why I chose to start Root now, is people are ready. They're ready to listen. They're dying to hear something. And as we get our message out about what we're about, 
It's just being, spending time basically fooling around, you know, just playing and not to diminish what that playtime's value is because it's critical playtime. It's playtime that leaves, uh, leads you to innovation and innovative ideas that lead to other things and discovery and progress. Uh, where I see with the United States falling behind in certain areas, I think, you know, the larger topic is our education system. And so part of the original concept of Root was geared for children who haven't really found a niche where they belong. So there's that group of kids who may feel lost. And that's that was my story. And then there's also in our um, our current teaching formats, kids are not, expo- you know, the arts are getting cut from the schools and kids are not able to spend time thinking freely or you know, us older seasoned adults know that we learned from our mistakes. And there's so much pressure on children today where, uh, you know, the here in Howard County in particular, I feel like we're, we're fortunate with the, the talented teachers that we do have, but they're under pressure to produce those test scores. So kids are constantly um, kind of thrown into this system where it's about produce, 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 end results. And Root Studio, my the idea with Root Studio is to bring people back to don't focus on the goal, don't focus on the results, but but enjoy the moment because it's it's all those little moments that you're really learning what does work and what doesn't work, and and that helps give children a foundation and adults, um, you know, of better decision making and discernment. Yeah. You, you know, you said so many things there, Karen, that are that are so important. You said, what are we, you know, f- to go back a little bit, you said, what are we doing to ourselves? Like, I, I almost get a, this uh, sense of sadness, and I completely agree with you that it's almost like we've dismissed this... Um, this connection to our our soul and our compass, and there's all this external criteria that we're supposed to check, you know, the boxes of what success looks like. And so many people are doing that and finding themselves still not fulfilled, you know, and and like you said, um, you know, if you are if you are heart centered and passion centered, um, you trust, right, that, um, that the, the the money will come and and you will be um, even more importantly mm-hmm. fulfilled on a deeper way, and I, I'm wondering and I don't know how much you you want to share, but I just I I get this sense this passion that you have for your organization and for root and the the concept because you're not just about right. uh, it's a much deeper than just come and you know we'll we'll let you express yourself and and teach you about. Art. There's a deeper part of your personal story and something that you want to make sure um, that young people have a chance, perhaps to you know that to to have something that maybe that you didn't. When you talk about the the being lost a little bit, or the you know the kids that um, and maybe they're so creative and they they have this, but they don't even know. But it's can, is there any part of that story that you want to connect there about? And I think it ties into your your passion, right? Which is that second L I call love, which are your values and your passion. I mean, that's what's driving 
root? Is there a connection between your personal story? <laughs> no pun intended. Right. That's at the root, <laughs> at the Absolutely. root of root. <laughs> a lot of roots. Um, yeah. So I, part of my backstory that I'm sure fueled this project, Root Studio, is my um, experience with alcohol as starting at age 13 up through my late 20s. So the message to the kids that I initially was thinking about what a great, that Root would be, a, or a place like Root would be awesome for kids who um, are pretty much on the fringe and not only don't have anywhere to hang out that has a cool vibe because, um, you know, obviously there are other art classes that are wonderful studios in the school systems that you can stay after school. But there's, you know, those fringe kids that I had in mind at that time was to provide a place that they want to go and hang out and that has a cool vibe that doesn't uh, have a traditional institutional feeling kind of places. we Really, we've put a lot of effort here into the design of the space to be safe, relaxing, judgment-free, and all of these very thoughtful elements. Um, so those kids are hungry for knowledge. They're hungry for life. And they're they're really at the prime passion. You know, I feel like it's the prime window of life where they're the most vulnerable and passionate at the same time. So having a space that really honors those two elements, the vulnerability and the passion, and we want to entice people and inspire them. And so it was those kids that I had in mind that before they get into trouble going down the the, the route with drugs and alcohol or, or overeating or anorexia, I mean, any of the gamuts that, that – uh, that people, young people today struggle with, or all people, but in particular, um, my hope with Root Studio was to engage these younger people and show them that there are other opportunities out there. Maybe football isn't for them, and I, I keep going back to football, but track or or maybe they don't have the home life uh, family support. And But there is a space where people are listening to them. They want to you know, encourage them. And that's, that's Root Studio. Yeah. I, I, I wish that, um, Root Studio was yeah. around when I was in high school <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I know exactly, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, Karen. And it seems like when I, when I, you talk about, um, some of your story and where you were, I just get this sense that if I, if, <laughs> if we could have seen you uh, as a teenager, as a, as a high school student, that um, like you said, your mom and your aunt, that there was this budding, all of this artistry and creativity and all of these ideas um, and passion, like you said, all of that was in you. Uh, along with the vulnerability that uh, if we don't have a, a healthy outlet, right. if we don't have um, a vehicle that, yeah, it, it gets misdirected. It. it gets, it, it can go to a, yeah. Is that where you, and so you, it has to go somewhere, right? So um, for you, it, it ended up um, being contained or dealt with, or actually what I would say is, you know, we use that word dormant. I think what happens is the drugs and alcohol are a way to just suppress all of that right. creativity. Yeah, you, and, 
And as a teenager, I, I remember so clearly part of my mindset at that time was, you know, and this is how I think children, our systems that are in place in our uh, in society actually add fuel to the fire with a troubled kid because it, it's, you know, the kid hears that, oh, they're trying to fix me. They're trying to change me. And not all. I, I certainly have the highest respect for all the helpful programs that are out there. And and I'm so where I'm coming from with Root is like, hey, let's try this potential solution um, as a way of reaching that population group that needs some extra TLC. Yeah. As teens in that developmental stage, we tend to think that adults don't know anything. And of course, the adults often are thinking that the teenagers don't know anything or, you know, realize they're not emotionally developed or maturely um, capable of um, thinking straight, basically, between the hormones and the, you know, just all of the biological changes that are going on. And 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 so Root is a place, it sounds like, to honor all of that? Yeah. So Root is a potential solution to help that social those social issues. Really, I think part of where I was going was like, I'm trying to bridge the conversation and open communication between generations because, and I've talked to a lot of young people about this, you know, everybody has value. And the more we communicate about what each strength is of every generation, older people, um, you know, who are in their 70s have this knowledge that's helpful and applicable to today's world. And and the younger generation, you know, uh, they have the technical skills that could help the older generation. So there's all these, um, I think, with communication and, and bridging the generations under one roof, which is Root Studio, um, you know, we could all learn and benefit from. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you a question, Karen. Where Where do you think you would be um, at this point if you hadn't? reconnected with your art where do you think your your soul would be your heart would be your your where where would you, where would you be without the art that's a great question and i've never thought of that um but honestly i i feel i would be completely unfulfilled um personally emotionally spiritually like there's so much so I'm I'm a painter. That's my main medium right now. And I do abstract work and the meditative, for me, it's healing, you know, it's healing and um, those creative minded people who tend to have a lot of interest and curiosity about and want more. It's, you know, once you learn something, you want to move on and, and the next thing and the next thing. And so painting subdues that part of my thought process. Actually, it takes me out of my thought process and which, you know, there's a lot of studies now that show the benefits of getting out of your critical thinking mind and um, spending time, you know, in the creative practice. But is that where you call flow? Yeah. And well, yeah, yeah, the the being in that flow space, right? And the flow, um, right. And what 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 is that for the listener? There's there is this uh, you're talking getting into a little of the research, but what what is flow and and why is that important that people spend time in that space? 
So that's my most passionate word is, is, uh, is the flow of life. Um, last night when I was reflecting about some of the messages that I wanted to get across uh, during this interview, flow was definitely one of them and the creative process. And flow, you know, it, it's – I was trying to come up with an analogy and it's it's still hard for me to articulate. But, but basically every moment is a gift and – you know the the flow is um it's basically your essence your spirit coming through whether you call it spirit or god or you know whatever energy you know people think of the flow in different terms but for me it's it's spirit so you know my my belief is that the sweetest part of life is each millisecond of every day and that's why the creative process is why I'm so passionate about the creative process because it feels so good to be in the moment. And you can't really – you can't break that down into a technical know-how. It's it's you just – you have to do it and experience it. It's all about the experience. And the the analogy that I was thinking about was, you know, it's like taking a Polaroid of every moment and that's how quickly the flow disappears. The Polaroid, if you're not mindful about it or aware of of the flow. So it's like if you take a Polaroid and then you toss it in the river and it just goes downstream, it's like you're it's an instant passing or passage of time. And to be able to be present is so key to basically enjoy the flow. You know, it's like it's it's your living in the moment. And, you know, every breath for me is is full of grace because I realize, you know, it's it's just by chance that I get that next breath. It almost it's it's it sounds like um, when it's I know it's hard to describe because it's it's um, it's almost like you're in a meditative state. It sounds like flow is almost like a meditative state of peace. Yeah, it's for me, I I don't know why I I feel very fortunate that I can go to that state like in a snap. It's come natural to me and I've never really analyzed that and I, I would love to one day because it is kind of curious. People who I've painted with in the past, they're they've questioned me about, especially when it comes to abstract work, being able to just try it. For me, I've always despite ego, despite self-consciousness and all of that, like I've always been able to throw caution to the wind without a question and just dive right in and, and get, I guess, because, I mean, now in hindsight, it's, I know how good it feels. And so that's why I just want to go right there, right in the flow, because it's, it's just this awesome space to be. And the art is your vehicle to get to that space? It is. It has been. I think I'm just super mindful with my days and, and moments. But um, art is the, it's the tool that I use to help others reach that space or being creative, the creative process. And maybe it was your tool initially, but it almost sounds like you've honed it so well that you can just go to that place now. Yeah. Yeah. I Usually, I mean, we all, it's not like well, actually, that's that brings up another point. So the creative process is ebbs and flows. And 
part of the mission here is to raise awareness around the true value of the creative process because it does come in ebbs and flows and it's not a nine to five jobs where you can just come in and do it and then be done at five. It's it really it's it's an emotional state and why it's been so abstract in the business world and why so many parents say don't get into art, there's no money in it is because you can't tangibly measure it with the exception of a right. finished song, a finished painting, so so forth. But but part of um, what we've talked about here at Root is the amount of time it takes to do something can be anywhere from a day to 20 years. You know, for me to be able to produce the abstract work that I'm producing today, I'm 46 years old. That's what it took. It took whatever that experience was up <laughs> until now to produce the painting that I just yep. did. And so you can't measure, you know, those moments in between aren't measurable. And so my hope is to educate and and not educate, but to just offer up a perspective around the value of creativity. And fortunately, a lot of recognition is being put into how corporations need creative people involved for innovation. And that, of course, benefits the economy and helps us stay in a leadership position in the world. Right. There's, there's, there's so many ways and there's so many ways to be creative, you know, and to go back to your story for a second though, Karen, cause there's something that I, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I, I just have to, mm-hmm. I just have to ask you, do you, do you still feel lost or do you feel like you found your home? I feel lost all the time. I know I found my home at the same time. So the way I'm wired, I, I'm opposites at once all the time, and it, it can feel frustrating and you feel it's confusing and I feel lost. But at the same time, I'm so, there's no doubt I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. No matter what happens, today I'm here at Root Studio and I'm promoting wellness through creative practice, through music. You know, Mark Morrow is our, um, doing our music production, music mixing, music editing. He's our creative director and film editing. We're doing all kinds of, of things that anything that's involved with thinking outside the box and trying new things. So I know I'm here exactly doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm yeah. at home. And <laughs> it had, you found yeah. your home. And, you know, it, it's, it, it makes me, it's almost like I have this feeling um, a few moments ago, I, I, I had this feeling almost of sadness because I so resonated with, with what you were saying about, you know, kind of going back to where you were as, as a youth. And I'm so happy that you've found your home. And I I know how good that feels to, to find your home because I, after a long, you know, journey myself, I, I have definitely found my home and that, that it continues to, um, to evolve, but it's like on the flip side, I, I, you know, I, the purpose of this, podcast is to to help people realize that we all have these sort of homes right these centers but it we can get so distracted by the external noise and I think once you've kind of found that home like you have and that's I mean part of you know we we have a similar mission in some ways that you're doing it a little bit differently to help people um find their homes find their center and because you know what it feels like not to have that. And you know what it feels like when you find it. And right. um, it's almost a, yeah, like a sadness of, oh my gosh, for those people that, that aren't there um, or who may never, ever get there. Some people never do. 
It's just, um, I don't know if that's how it makes you feel, but it almost makes me feel sad and panicky. Like you don't have to go through life, right. um, without that connection. Absolutely. Right? A lot of people and going back to the kids, but you know, since I've started thinking about this project, discovering how art therapy has been beneficial for veterans. So I've stu- done a lot of study around that to to know what the success rate is of creative practice for PTSD and TBI and depression and anxiety. And there are many parents who don't believe in therapy or veterans who don't want to talk. And the whole creative process allows people to to get that healing without having to go through the verbal transaction of reliving, um, you know, maybe they're just not able to to communicate verbally what whatever the the struggle is, you know, whether it's anxiety or abuse. And so spending time creatively helps heal the soul in that way. And that's, you know, it's magic to me. It's not, you know, um, it's not totally textbook. There are some textbook aspects for sure, but there's getting back to the word flow. It's, you know, if you get in the flow, you can, you can take care of yourself without making yourself um, feeling as exposed as you might otherwise. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I, so to, to talk about then, so you discovered this flow in yourself and the art, but taking this to another level of starting a business, you know, with this idea, um, I mean, that first day that you went to that pastel class, I don't think you were, you didn't have root, uh, I don't think in your, in your head. I mean, can we fast forward a little bit of um, taking that leap? So the, the, the third and the fourth L, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there were some layers, right? Is the third L of maybe people saying, oh, you won't be able to make money or maybe you'll even lose money or, or <laughs> just making it happen. Can you just share a little bit about... Because um, there's a lot of people who may be listening, they maybe they have a regular job and they want to take a leap, and they're feeling this uh, something you know call out to them. But taking that that leap to make the jump and start a business, um, I, it's really scary. Can you just talk a little bit about how you made that happen and any fears that you had to work through? Sure. Um, so fear. The I read a recent quote on courage is having fear, but doing something anyway. So, you know, the fear is always there. That never really goes away, um, especially this first startup year. It's it's extremely stressful. Um, for me, The I, I hinted at this earlier about leaping. I have no trouble leaping. I don't know why that is. It goes back to the your number one and two, the listening and the love part. It's I listen to my heart, you know, and my heart tells me, I love the creative process and I love helping people who suffer. So those elements have enabled me to have faith in taking the leap to start something that really is not a proven business model. And it's been a struggle from many um, perspectives, from financing to marketing and finding, gathering information on similar types of business where Root were set up. It we're unique, a unique business model. Um, there are other maker spaces that are very popular in the city, woodworking or other artist studio, shared artist studio spaces, but they're not quite set up like we are. So starting something like this has been extremely risky, but it all goes back to my heart. And that's 
I think it's so needed yeah. in this world, a place like this, which whose underlying mission is to help people who are suffering, help people do um, personal discovery, personal development, professional development, and overall well-being, combating stress, and and a, a big another secondary market for me is quiet space. So. I mentioned earlier that I'm an introvert and I prefer quiet environments and our world is not built like that at all. Um, Even, you know, the public library I visited many times over the past 18 years as my daughters have grown, the libraries are noisy. So it's, you know, it's hard to find quiet, (laughs) quiet spaces. And if you... I love people will pay just for some quiet, yeah. right? And I, did you, you know, I, I wonder if this is um, a similar feeling as an entrepreneur. When I started my first business, which was so, you know, heart-centered, I, I would tell people that I, I couldn't help it. Like it, you know, my husband would <laughs> challenge me, you know, he's a business person too. And he says, well, tell me, how are you going to make money? And what do, what do you mean? And what is this concept? And I, I would just say to him, like, I, I don't have it all figured out. Right. But it's just, I just have this, um, I, there's just something in me. I, I have to tell these stories. I have to do that, you know, and it, 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 it pushed me. Like people would say, was it hard to be motivated? And it, what, I couldn't help myself. Exactly. Like it just, it just, did that happen? That's like exactly. it just pushed me. It was like, I, I, yeah. yeah, okay, totally. It totally. I, I was like, I was on a river. It was <laughs> okay. It was, I, I wonder. I haven't done you know a survey on that, but did you? You felt like you're just sort of along for the ride. You were like the vehicle for this this Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I mean, I it's it's like a compulsive thing. Like I don't have a choice in the matter. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I, 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 it's an interesting phenomenon. So are are you still experiencing that? Yeah. So my first business, I started, you know, a company called Career Puppy and uh, it's all about, you know, career and we have educational media and, and that's been around for about 10 years. But in the last two years was when I started getting this idea, this bubbling up, this new listening, right, about a podcast, because I I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to go deeper. And I felt like there was this need, like you said, this hunger um, to help people not just talk about entrepreneurship or this, but really a deeper sense of creating a life on your terms. And it, it called me, Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the, it's, it's, it's driving me. This is what's Mm -hmm. driving me now, um, Karen. And, um, so uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm still experiencing it with career puppy, but it's that sort of doing its thing and it's, it's, it's growing up. And, um, so I don't think we're ever done. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah. So, um, and it's funny, no, you, go ahead. <laughs> I, um, when, when part, this kind of t- hit on a couple of the things that we've talked about over this so far over this, um, interview is back in 2012 is when I was first trying to figure out, you know, I had been a stay-at-home mom for so many years and here I did not want to go back into the construction field. Um, and it was very, you know, at that time I had, because I did not discover I had this creative ability until after I had children. So I wasn't, it was after I stopped working. And I did a four-month project called the Laurel Factory and I was like, how can I make a living with my art? And it it, it was a lot about, um, you know, it's very hard to make a living just selling your work. 
Yeah. So I started exploring ways and this four-month project that I did, I at the end of it, I analyzed, okay, no one bought art. There was roughly 50 artists involved over the four-month period. It was a, a single exhibit each month. And then we also had like performers and writers and poets and um, dancers even. But people were there for the experience. They wanted the culture. They felt good when they came into the space. So that's when I started honing some of this idea around Root Studio. It's it's the feeling. It was all about the experience. And, you know, Andy Warhol, his ex- uh, factory experience, you know, it was like I was repeating this this concept of experience and people like the experience. It's not that they they want to support artists. They might not be able to afford, but they're willing to chip in a little bit to have this sort of experience. And that's um, part of what, what we do here at Root Studio is trying to get people to engage and value just experience. And so, yeah, you, you created a community. Mm-hmm. It's creating a co- community. It sounds like there was um, a void for the t- for for what you what you offer. Yeah, and so at that time, I was like, "How am I going to make a living? Like, I'm I'm exiting a stay at home mom role, and I don't want to be a general contractor because that that's full time, and I still needed to be available for my my two daughters, and I I know what that that day is like, and so I was trying to come up with kind of a, a a job description, basically, of what I was going to do. And so anyway, the environment here is is was based on the recognition of noticing people, uh, you know, we're creating culture. It's um, people enjoy that and it makes them feel good. And, and so that kind of ties into... Um, you are, you have truly... When we talk about creating a life on your terms, Karen, I mean, t- you know, I always talk about living in alignment with your values and your passions, and you are such a beautiful example of that. Um, and I wonder now, and I think you've been open for about a year. Correct me if I, if I'm wrong. I mean, it's this is still fairly new, but um, you know, there's all these different stages of landing, mm-hmm. right? And so that that sixth and seventh L of landing and going, all right, now that I've been at this a little bit, um, what have I learned and where do I go from here? What's sort of next, you know, that vision as it evolves, um, what, what are a couple of the, the takeaways? And, you know, the beautiful thing is you were also an entrepreneur. So you talked about it took you 40, 46 years to get to this place with your art, but also it sounds like, um, you know, you, having that general contractor, it's funny how we have these different experiences in our life um, that at some point we go, oh my gosh, thank God I did that because um, now it ties in with, you know, what I need to know at this point. So now that you've you've opened, you've created this community, um, what are a couple things that you've learned and, and what's next? So as... As a business, some of the learning takeaways from this past year, I, I would say that, and this is interesting because I'm a creative, it's just such an irony of the learning lesson involved. But um, as creatives, we are not short on ideas. And that can be very challenging um, to find balance with those ideas. And so what I've learned this past year is reining in some of the ambition, which I don't run short on <laughs> and <laughs> and it catches up to me. Um, you know, I, 
this is not a realistic wish, but I wish I could just go hole up for two months and just take care of all the the plates that I started spinning over the past six months. Um, you know, yeah. it's just the the feedback that we've gotten from the studio everywhere I go and talk to people, um, all the people that are coming through during our open houses for studio tours, the people who have taken our workshops, it's all good, you know, and they all want more information, you know, so it's, it's all good problems for sure. But the the takeaway for me has been uh, to be a bit more reserved in how quickly I'm going after particular segments. So, um, you know, I've made contact with the different military communities, mental health communities, uh, the schools, um, you know, all these different and everyone's ready. You know, they're ready for us. And and here I am short staffed, you know, very still right. with these uh, limited resources. And um, and so that's uh, that's been an interesting um, I would tweak that a little bit next go around. They're good problems to have. They are right? Good but problems. yeah, managing. <laughs> Yeah, managing and, you know, the ambition with capacity. And, um, you know, I interviewed somebody on the show uh, a little ways back, and he talked a lot about pace, right, and how we pace ourselves as we start to unfold these um, new endeavors. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's, it's like, okay, is my pace, (laughs) do I have to check my pace? That's a good one. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it it's uh it's like, oh, wow, I I can actually control that a little bit or I should pay attention to it. Um and so th- that's awesome though that the feedback, the feedback is telling you that oh my gosh, we're we're doing the right thing. It, it, that's what I'm hearing yes. you say is that you're you're affirmed. Yeah, we're we're being recognized as an important part of the community. And what's next? Like when you think of, um, I know you, you know, you've got these things out there, but is there one part of your, your vision, or if you had to prioritize, is there something you're just going, Oh, this keeps, this is nagging me in the back of my head about, or even just your big picture, long-term, uh, vision that when you think about leveling up, what, what do you see? So what's next, you know, Getting back to just what we were talking about and the ambitious nature of the team here and all of the different types of uh, markets that we want to serve, um, you know, that that really is just being able to to catch up with all of those balls that we've started spinning. Um, leveling up, you know, we it's interesting. It's a very challenging, um, you know, from a traditional business standpoint, this type of organization is not, even though we are for profit, it's not necessarily structured to be highly profitable. And just to give you a couple of examples of that, um, you may have heard of the paint and sip, which is um, where you you get a bottle of wine and you and your your friend paint a canvas in a group of twenty or thirty people at a mm-hmm. restaurant. So there's some serious cash being yeah. earned there. And part of what's unique, I believe, with with Root is we really are about the values and the integrity and the community relations. And that is first and foremost to me personally. So um, leveling up is a whole nother conversation as far as, um, you know, I would love Mark and I have been you know, a team from the get-go and, and 
as co-founders putting this these ideas together and kind of planning on how this could be duplicated in other areas around the world. Um, but it all boils down to mm-hmm. the people who are involved. And that is not a, a cookie cutter thing. That's th- th- Those are very um, crucial pieces to the puzzle. And Right. That's harder to replicate than bring a bottle of wine and, and do some art. It's I know exactly the human, it's the less tangible right. piece of the business model. Right, exactly. It's it's the um yeah. and that's that's my passion. It's the humanity behind what we're doing. It's I think it's needed. I think people I don't think, I know people are telling me that come through the door, they love this. They they want to be able to come out and be around other creative people, even if they're not talking to them. It's just it's the whole uh, subconscious vibe that you you get by being here, and it's it is inspiring, and you're not alone. You know, as creatives, we we often work alone in isolation, so it's important to just be able to have a space to go and be around others without necessarily having to buy a cup of coffee or a meal. You know, it's it's really just a a, a space to be and do your thing. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I love that you you're so true to those values, and you don't want to compromise that. It'd be interesting to maybe as another project, Karen, I wonder, I bet, I mean, there's maybe there's some best practices as you're talking. I was imagining I could see you, I could see you teaching this model and talking about that and just (laughs) talking about, you know, the essence of community and, and, and trying to help people understand that, that intangible, aspect. I don't, maybe, maybe well, that's a, it's funny. a future piece. It's but funny I can, you say that because I, can... I did write on my, <laughs> on, on my thoughts that um, when, and I'm not a public speaker, I'm introvert, I'm shy, not shy, but I have anxiety. And, um, and I could see myself traveling around as, as like a guest speaker to schools, workspaces, jails, um, other public venues, sharing, sharing this message about the creative flow and wellness and, and, the importance of the creative practice, but that would be down the road. <laughs> I absolutely, yeah, yeah, ex- right. It's all again about the pace and and that that you know that next L. But yeah, it's funny as you said that I literally had this vision um, of you presenting and talking ab- about that. I mean, I think there's something there. You know, I, just as you said, people are hungry for this connection. Um, and, and I think it's all about that, that, that community aspect and giving people vehicles and outlets, um, for that self-discovery and to, uh, make those dormant places in our lives, you know, less, right. Come alive. less dormant, um, so that we can have true, yeah, true fulfillment versus, um, you know, just material surface level, um, fulfillment. And, you know, just to kind of come full circle a little bit, then if if I can ask you, it's when you think about your journey and this this place that you are, and and you truly have um, created a life on your terms. Like how I'd love to know if you can. You know, how how do you define if somebody says, "What does it mean to to have a life on one's terms?" Um, in sort of a, a nutshell definition. What do you think that definition comes down to? Um, life on your terms. It's to me that that encapsulates the idea of what we've talked about, sticking to your values and not really compromising what really, really, really speaks to your heart, what you believe in, what, what matters to you. Um, integrity is extremely 
important. And life on your terms is living life with purpose. And Root Studio is my way of helping people find that purpose or whether it's it's a direct it might might be a very black and white direct answer or just more of like you said the self gratification or self fulfilling feeling that you have finding that those deep seeds that matter and so life on on your terms for me is knowing yourself so well that you will not bend your beliefs to fit or um conform yeah Yep. Knowing yourself, right? And it, and that seems like what this journey, the, these last, even though those pieces were all there, and I go back to what you said at the beginning about your mom and your aunt, and they saw something in you that you didn't see or maybe weren't ready to see, but um, through this process, it sounds like you have truly discovered who you are and been able to tap into that and, and unleash that um, and find that fulfillment. I mean, do you have, you've sort of said it in that message, Karen, but is there any piece of advice, whether, um, and I, you know, as you think about this, that you would say to somebody who's um, maybe hasn't given themselves that permission yet, or they're afraid, or they think, oh, I can't give up my, my, my nine to five that's, you know, paying my, my giant mortgage or what have you, um, but just isn't totally feeling connected. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're dormant, right? Um, what would you just sort of be your piece of advice just to, to get right. started in that direction of living a life on you their know, terms? I think my first bit of advice was just start paying attention to how you feel when certain things happen. And basically, I'm, again, just talking about following your heart. But some people are so uh, disconnected from even knowing how they feel. And just to get started there, just try to start being mindful about how you feel, you know, how do you feel when you go to work every day, you know, and then I do a lot of analyzing. And, and I think that is been a big help in enabling me to get as centered as I am uh, spiritually. And, um, you know, don't stop searching. You ask the questions. Yeah, you ask the questions. You're not on auto, not on autopilot. You, it's, it, and you said that with the art that you were like, oh my gosh, this, I feel good. Right. <laughs> you realize yeah, pay attention. I, I feel good. Mm-hmm. So first we have to yeah, pay attention. I always say live life. I want to exactly. live life awake, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not worth it just to go through on autopilot and be sort of, uh, you know, in a, in sort of right. a, a slumber, right. you know? Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> right. Every day. And, um, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you have reawoken, you know, that, that part in, in you and, um, that you're sharing that gift um, with other people. And, you know, I had a guest on the show uh, a, a few back, a few interviews back, and she said, you know, the, um, the goal in life is to find your gift and the purpose Ooh, is to give nice. it away. I like that. And I, <laughs> you, can, you can borrow that one. But, I, but Karen, you are so doing that. You have found it and you are giving it away. And, um, you know, if people want to reach you to learn more about Root, about your story, about what you do, what is, what is the best, the best way for way them to reach you? The best way is our website, uh, by far. Our phone rings. We get it when we can, but 
because we are still working with limited staffing, it's the best way is to go to our website, which is www.therootstudio.org and email us at info at therootstudio.org. And then there's also a newsletter you can sign up, which announces the events that we have coming up. I love it. I love it. Amazing. And I, I'm so thrilled for you. I'm so glad Thank that you, you are out there I'm glad in the you're world. out there in the world too. Um, and I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Karen. It has been such a delight talking with you today. And um, I wish you all the best. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Well, everybody, thank you again for joining me on another episode of Life on Your Terms. Please visit the website at L-O-Y-T Inner Compass and share your comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics. And until next time, I hope you are inspired and have the courage to live life on your terms. <laughs>